Today is January 9th, 2023. Over. It means more than. Thanks. What's next? This has been a slow week for the Pirates, and this is our episode number 100 on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and at. My name is Josh and I am joined as always by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? How we doing? We're doing all right. How's your internet? You got your red lines again. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I think don't know we're what's doing going on tonight. Yeah, I think we're doing all right. You seem like you're sticking with it here. If if you fade out then we'll we'll adjust, but kind of a slow week this week, right? Oh, super slow. Yeah, I mean, this was uh we had two really two pieces of news as far as the Pirates go, and that's it. <laughs> and then of course a bunch of confusion over the fact that people can't read these days. That's maybe too harsh, but just <laughs> overlooking some things. I still think that the it was overlooked on purpose. Obviously, we're not going to be able to get through tonight's episode. As much as we want to, we're just not going to be able to get through this thing without talking about Brian Reynolds again. We're going to save it for later, um, but it's this is never going to stop. This is every it's going to be every every off season until this thing happens, or until there's yeah. a deal done, until there's some sort of resolution. It's going to be every week. It's going to mm-hmm. be every day. This is just the way it goes. We're going to just not focus on it as if it's breaking news because it's not anymore. Right. It's not breaking news. None of this is. Oh, boy. Great start. (laughs) Hey, football's crazy. Real quick, I know we don't talk a lot about this, and every time we do, I say we don't talk a lot about it. Football's crazy. The playoffs are about to happen, so everybody's favorite teams are all in limbo and doing this and that and all the other. So... I'm sure that that's on a lot of people's focus, and that's fine. You know, this is not prime baseball time right now. Um, but you know, just to say, um, you know, we had uh, we had similar thoughts in, in our prayers with Demar Hamlin, and glad to see that situation on the up. Um, that was a scary moment, and yeah, Monday night sure. football, so we were all watching. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, uh, pretty crazy, but you know, pit guy. Grew up in Pittsburgh. I feel like um, even though this is a baseball pod and a Pirates pod, this felt like it was like, I don't want to go without not, you know, without, I don't want to sure. go without saying sure. something. So yeah. that was nuts. I've never seen anything like that. Um, but anyway, uh, this is a baseball pod. And so we're going to go ahead and take it around the league. I, I don't really, uh, I haven't prepared. I haven't really read through this stuff. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and hit the timer anyway because I feel like it's been a little bit of a meme uh, listening to me always go past. One of these days I'm going to make you do it <laughs> and see if you can get through it. But uh, here we go. Let's get – oh, wait. Hang on one second. Let's stop that timer because I turned the volume down to fade out the music. And here we go. Mets are frustrated with Carlos Correa. No kidding. The Twins are back in the bidding game. The Dodgers officially DFA'd Trevor Bauer. Don't get any ideas, Pirate fans. Do not go there. 
It sounds like the Dodgers wanted him to be to show remorse, and there is zero chill from his side. Nationals signed Dominic Smith for one year, two million. Nationals signed Michael Chavis to a minor league deal. The Brewers signed Wade Miley one year, four and a half. Red Sox extend Rafi Devers for 10 years, 313 and a half million. Hosmer and the Cubs are in an agreement with a contract. Phillies signed Craig Kimbrell for 10 million. Mariners, AJ Pollock for seven. The Phillies get Gregory Soto in a trade. Cody Clemens also coming for three guys. I'm not going to go through those. Uh, more former Pirates moving around. The Rockies claim Nick Mears from the Rangers. Blue Jays claim Junior Fernandez from the Yankees. Braves outright Hoy Park. Orioles claim Lewin Diaz for the second time this offseason. What a busy offseason that guy's had. Yeah. So, got through the timer. Actually yeah, slowed job. down my last line because I knew I had it. <laughs> um, and there's one more line, but I didn't want it to go into the into the quick shot. So, as we go around the league, there are a couple things here, now that they've all been said, that I think are worth addressing. One of them is just former Pirates. Michael Chavis... This is what I'm this is one of the things that we're trying to to communicate here. And maybe this is going to go further into this pod when we talk about some things later, but Michael Chavis signs with the Nationals. It's a minor league contract on a team who's really struggling to get players, like to have players to play at the major league level. Minor leagues uh, Nick Mears bouncing around from a couple teams now. Junior Fernandez bouncing around. Waiver claims here. Waiver claims there. Hoy Park's offseason has been bizarre. The Braves, he didn't even get claimed this time. The Braves outrighted him. Now, my guess, Hoy Park probably declines that. You know what I'm saying? He probably says no thanks and goes into free agency. Maybe he finds his way back to Korea. Maybe he finds another team who's willing to sign him on a minor league deal. I I don't know why you wouldn't just go with the Brett. You know what I mean? I don't know what, right. I mean, I don't know what the deal is there, but um, the Orioles claim Lewin Diaz for the second time. And I know he hasn't played for the pirates, but it's just the fact that like we claimed him and then we let him go. He went to the Orioles. Then he went to somewhere. Then he went to the Braves and then back to the Orioles. And I mean, it's just kind of all over the place. He's been mm-hmm. everywhere. The Lewin Diaz piece this is just part of it. This is part of the offseason. We've talked about this a couple times on the show. The Pirates are going to claim guys on waivers, and then they're probably going to let them go, and then they're probably going to claim somebody. Until we get to spring training, those waiver claims, I'm not really too nervous about them because you just never know what they're trying to do. Right. And in this case, Lewin Diaz, that was just a standard procedure waiver claim, just like it's been for all the other teams. I mean, we said this, that the Braves were teams that were picking these guys up. Right. So this is just sort of, you know, standard operating procedure for offseason. You try to fill that roster up, and you know that if you find your way into something better, then that's fine. So it's just been a wild offseason for him. I hope he clicks somewhere just because of that, because I feel like that'd be a cool story, not because I have any kind of <laughs> fandom <laughs> or anything. I just right. think that yeah. that'd be funny. Um and then last on around the league, which I didn't mention here because uh, this just this just broke before we hit record on here, and I thought it was kind of uh, deserving of its own thing. Liam Hendricks diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and he put up a post and all that stuff that his treatment starts tomorrow. So um, prayers going out to to Liam Hendricks. Seems like yeah, that's a sure. pretty um, like they have 
they have a treatment thing that, you know, this is something that people get through. Um, not that it's easy by any means, but what right. I'm saying is like there, there's, there's a lot of hope there. You know what I mean? That he can, that he can, uh, that he can beat this. So, uh, that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to be praying for. And, uh, mm-hmm. best of luck to him. Uh, you know, always in that situation, always, yeah. always very scary. You just never know what direction that's going to go. So yeah, you never want to hear that word. No, you don't. No, you don't. It's, I'm sure that that's, it's one of those surreal things that you never think you're going to hear it until you mm-hmm. do. And then, right. you know, anybody who hasn't, it's, it's hard to fathom, but prayers going out to Liam Hendricks, uh, man, it'd be awesome to see him pitch again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yep. All right. So let's get into pirates news here. We're about 10 minutes in. This is uh, I don't want to move this show too quickly because things are dead. <laughs> but we are going to move. We're going to keep moving. The Brewers acquire Bryce Wilson. We talked last week that he was DFA'd. Um, this has turned out to be the Brewers in a trade for, for cash. Um, and I think, you know, for those of us who maybe don't understand the process, which is a confusing process and it's, you know, it's understandable. Um, this is them trading, basically just paying for him before the pirates put him into the waiver piece of things. So the brewers could have just put in a bid in waivers once it got to that process. But the the reason that you go in and do the trade before that process either starts or finishes. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, But you basically overpay to say, no, we want to make sure we get him. Sure. So it's kind of like if if it costs, if a waiver claim costs 50,000, then you he they probably give him 100,000. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's not like we got a lot, you know what I mean? Right. But basically that's what this would be is them saying like, "Well, here's 100,000 so you don't do that." And you know, you'll always take it because if they get claimed on waivers, you only get 50,000. Right. So, it's kind of like a you know, rule 5 type thing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll pay I'll pay this much to get him. So whatever those numbers are, I don't actually know. Maybe uh, maybe our friend Ethan knows and will tweet out to <laughs> us and clear the uh, clear the air on that because I know he knows. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> uh, but a little bit interested in this. It's not. It's not going to be a lot. Like he's obviously not one of those players who we're going to DFA and we're going to trade for a player. Like Lucas right. Lutke, who just got traded to the Braves, they got a player in return for him. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, it's not that. It's literally just I'll give you more than what it would take to get him through waivers. Mm-hmm. So it's not. You know, my first reaction was I can't believe somebody gave us something for him, but they would have. <laughs> you know what I mean? Basically, they didn't give up much more than they would have just by putting a regular claim in. So, right. essentially, yeah, and, I, and I think taking a chance on a guy like Bryce Wilson isn't a terrible idea. I think I think he ran his course through our system. He obviously ran his course through the Braves system, but I, th- I think he's got some untapped potential, and I think there's something there, and, and it might click somewhere else. Was it going to click here if we kept a hold of him? Probably not. Even so if, if it, it does, does click, yeah. If even, it does click, don't 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 go start labeling this as oh, of course the Pirates get rid of him and then he blows up. Well, sometimes that happens. Yeah, and I that's mean, okay. 
Yeah, and with him being only 24, it, it is very possible. My fear, and the thing that I think I, I said last week too, is if it clicks when he's 28, like we would have had to hold on to him for four years anyway, and we're, mm -hmm. we're hoping anyway that we're not in that place right now. Right. So if he had minor league options, this would be a totally different story. Right. He would have been sent down last year to figure things out, you know what I mean, and it, or whatever. So, I, you know, I just think that that's – um, this is still a good move for the Pirates, but mm -hmm. who knows? I mean, the Brewers have some good pitching there too. And and that's something that when, when he was here with the Pirates, we didn't have. If he goes and talks to Corbin Burns and, 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 oh my gosh, I can't think of his name. Help me out. Um, I'm drawing a blank too. <laughs> Woodward or whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, Woodruff. Woodruff. My yeah. Goodness. Brandon Woodruff. Yeah. So anyway, if if he goes and he talks to those two guys and something clicks there, you mm -hmm. know, if if the splitter starts to work for him that he started throwing here, if that's something that he can develop, it that's still fine. Power right. to you, man. It right. just wasn't worth the Pirates in that uh, in that chance right now when we have, right. you know, we have a full one. So let's piggyback off of that. And the Rich Hill signing that we talked about last week has been announced this week. Um, mm -hmm. Interesting, though. I know this doesn't matter, but for whatever reason, it's something that I pay attention to. And uh, there are a few other guys on Twitter that have tweeted at me who have kind of said, like, yeah, I think about this stuff, too. He's not going to wear number 44, even though we don't have a number 44, and he's <laughs> been wearing number 44. He's going to 53. Okay. Just thought that was interesting. Um, we did put up a graphic <laughs> last week that said 44. Matter of fact, is it still? Yeah, still 44. Yeah. Anyway, it's 53. So interesting. Um, anyway, in the process, Zach Thompson gets the DFA. So hold on, I'll, hold on one hold on one second before we go on to this. I do I do want to bring this up just because it's funny that you brought up the whole number thing. Is it too soon? Oh. <laughs> Justin Turner in Boston is going to wear number two. That one is intriguing to me. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Rich Hill will wear 44 and 53. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see any relevant, like who cares? Yeah. I understand where you're coming, but man, that's bold. Yeah. Xander Bogarts wore number two for so many years and you just roll in your first year, the right after they got rid of him. And you're going to say, Oh, by the way, I'm going to wear number two. Yeah. That's interesting. I yeah. I think it's equally interesting from the from the Red Sox standpoint. Yeah. Nobody there was like, ah, I don't know if I do that. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe like, who's gonna, a different number. Who's gonna be the first to roll into Pittsburgh and wear twenty two? Right. It still hasn't happened. So hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry, I just thought that I'm was sure we thought we've all thought the same thing about the number eighteen for Van Slyke and Kendall and and then even Neil Walker. But we've had mm -hmm. a number 18, haven't we? I feel like we yeah, have. Who, who uh, Yeah, we did. I forget who it was. I feel like we have. Numero 18, John Ryan Murphy. Oh, right. Pedro Flormon right after Walker left. John Neese. John Ryan Murphy. Ben Gamble. Oh, wait. Ben Gamble didn't wear 18 the whole time he was here, did he? Well, how did I not remember that? He wore 18 the entire time he was with the Pirates. <laughs> that tells you how much I cared about his uniform number. 
Who was it after Kendall? Jose Hernandez. A bunch of, wow. And it was Kendall after Van Slyke, just a couple years, which probably would have been the same sort of thing. Like, really? It was Bob Walk, then Van Slyke, then Jason Kendall. (laughs) 18 has been a popular number. Right. That's like a, that's a tough three guys to follow right there. (laughs) Okay, anyway. Um, Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it matters, to be honest with you. I think that just like Ben Gamble wearing number 18 did not phase me, I probably thought about it when he put that jersey on and thought, you're going to wear 18? And then I've already totally forgotten it. Yeah. That that was the thing. You know what I mean? That's interesting. I don't think maybe two is not a big deal. Anyway, um, to keep moving here. Yep. Zach Thompson DFA'd um, for Rich Hills is where we were headed on that. Mm -hmm. So... The thing that surprises me about this one before I before I open this up is he still has two two options. I, that's the thing that gets me. You still got two options on the guy. I I'm just surprised that he's the guy. I mean, I can look through this. I I can I heard people say Dwayne Underwood. I, if they haven't gotten rid of him and Stevenson yet, they're probably not going to. Right. And I think that the fact that Dwayne Underwood and Zach Thompson are both on the major league roster kind of does make you feel like, well, but if they're going to get rid of somebody that's on the major league roster, why wouldn't it be that guy? I think the difference is that you're talking about a reliever and you're talking about a starter. And I think that in the process of this happening, Zach Thompson lost his place on the major league roster. Yeah. So he wasn't going to be. As of right now, Dwayne Underwood is going to be on that roster opening day. And I still think that Robert Stevenson's going to be, if, like I said, with him probably making around $3 million this year in arbitration, if they haven't gotten rid of him yet, I don't think they plan on it. I think they saw enough last year that they thought, I think we can do something with this arm. I mean, it, it wasn't all bad for him here. Right, sure. So... Enough that they're willing to go there with him. And to be honest with you, I really just, I really don't hate it. Um, and it's just because of, you know, one main thing. And I, and I know that you're getting into that, so I won't get into it. Me personally, I made the case that it was going to be Ryan Valade. There's no use in having all these outfielders. Apparently, they just said, you know what? We don't have a path for Zach Thompson. I don't know. Ryan Valade also has two options. So, you know, unfair of me to, to make that comparison. It was just because there's this overage and that I would think that they would normally want a lot of pitchers. You know what I mean? Yeah, you never know. So anyway, where are you at with this? Because I know that you have I know that you have thoughts here and I wanna I wanna give you the space here to to go. Sure. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not mad at the fact that we DFA'd him. Um but I do feel like we're starting to pick away a little bit at our depth in the starting pitching. Uh, we we do have a lot of young depth, but just guys with ex- some experience. I mean, like you said, you, he had two options left, so you could move him up and down. And, and and if a guy goes down, you can bring. If he's pitching well in the minors, I have no problem pulling him up. And I know there's guys that were ready to start pulling up and getting time, but I, I don't know. It, it, to me, it's just another piece of our depth that's going to be gone so uh, just to say here if if you need a start in 
late April, early May. It's not going to be Mike Burroughs. Sorry about that. I did not put do not disturb on my phone or on my computer. Anyway, it's not going to be Mike Burroughs. No. Like he's, it's not going to be an April, May thing for him. Mm. My guess is it's probably not going to be Luis Ortiz. I think they're going to do, we've talked about this a hundred times. They're going to do last year's Roanzi with him. They're going to take it easy because they think they've got something there. And I think that's a smart move. You've got to work these guys up to, you can't just start him there and say, okay, you're going to start opening day. You're going to start 33 games. I'd like to see, you know, 175 to 200 innings. You just can't do that. Right. Like they'll break down. Not to mention, it's your first time going at this in the show, which means you're probably over pitching a little bit at times. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're all big innings when you're young. So those high le- every inning's a high leverage inning when you're young and you're just breaking into the league. He didn't act like it last year in his five starts. <laughs> he did not act like it. Right. But they are. They're going to slow roll Ortiz. He's not. He might come up in May. He'll go back down if that happens. You know what I mean? It will be short. Yeah. So your option is going to be. I mean, I think Johan Oviedo is your guy at this point. He's he's number one. Mm-hmm. I would have thought if it was early enough. If Johan Oviedo's not pitching well, I don't care how Zach Thompson's pitching. He might have a six fifty ERA in AAA. He gets the call up to spot start because he's not a part of the future. I don't mind him getting blasted for a game or just taking a waiver. Maybe we can get a good start out of him. Right. You know what, Bryce? I just thought of this. Bryce Wilson did get sent down last year. He was, he used his last option last year. Yeah. So that, that I did say that earlier and it just hit my head that he had done the same thing. And we were like, Hey, I know it's not going great. Let's just bring him up anyway. And he's going to (laughs) start this double header and we're going to be fine with it. Whatever happens, mm. happens. We're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna break anybody's arm just for a second half of a doubleheader on a year that we're not gonna contend for a postseason spot. So I, right. I agree with that. Um, but I I would have thought that that would have been Zach Thompson this year to come up for those spot starts, doubleheaders, or you know, rain out games or whatever. Now early in the season, that's usually not an issue unless there's an injury because we have enough days off in April yeah. that you're not gonna run into that problem. But going into May, I, I really would have thought that that would have been a thing. And I didn't think that, you know, the problem with with guys like Ortiz and Oviedo is those guys are going to be fighting to go up and stay up. Right. And that's going to be too early in the season for them to do that. Vince Velasquez is going to get some months to see what he can figure out. I think that we understand that. Yeah. And so to your point, that's you tapped into your depth. Oviedo is that guy now. Yeah, yeah, he has to be. He has. There's nobody else. So who's who's in the cards of coming up? Oviedo, Ortiz, Burroughs eventually. And when Priester. I look at this, well, Priester's not on the 40-man yet. Well, that's So yeah, that's when true. I'm just looking at the 40-man, right? Yeah. Now, sure, they may add Priester or Cody Bolton to the 40-man to do the same sort of thing. But when you do that, there's going to be another move. Right. Unless there's a 60-day injured list move. So when you're talking about starters, I'm done. Maybe Max Kranich. If they continue down the path of starting pitching for Max Kranich, but I'm pretty sure he's not. I don't. Is he going to be healthy for the beginning of the year even? 
I'm not sure about that. Is I I'm pretty sure Max Cranick, when the season starts, will go directly on to that 60 day injured list, which will probably just open up a spot for Tyler Heineman to become a catcher. Yeah. Oh, well, not yet. Not yet. We're not there not yet. yet. Okay. No, not yet. We're not there yet. All right. So, so Zach Thompson is a surprise. I think this is a guy who you probably get a trade in with. Mm-hmm. I'd kind of be surprised if we got a player for him. And if we do, I would say it's going to be one of those super low minors, 19 year old guys that you just don't know about. You know what I mean? Right. And yeah. I think that would probably be, it would probably be justifiable. I mean, this is nothing. This is literally like a pre-arb. You know what I mean? It could just be the same thing as Bryce Wilson. This is not a, there's not a lot of leverage here. You're not trading a valuable player. You know what I'm saying? So if you get anybody, right. um, chances are you're not getting a person for that. This is going to be another cash deal or he's going to go through waivers, which I actually, I actually would be surprised if it's just a straight up, he goes through waivers. If Bryce Wilson can get picked up, I think there's more value from Zach Thompson from where I'm at. Yeah. With that said, I will go against that argument a little bit by saying this team is getting better. Yeah, I agree with that. And those two guys, funny that these happen back to back this way, those two guys we've talked about, they cannot be in this rotation if you want this team to be better. Maybe Vince Velasquez ends up being the same type. I think there's a little more upside there because he's done it before, right? Maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. It's still worth a try. Yeah, and, and I think that's part of where me and you differ a little bit. I think there's I think there's just as much upside with Zach Thompson as there is with Vince Velasquez. Zach Thompson pitched to a three-something ERA in Miami. He's shown that he can do it. In a short sample, though. Yeah, 100%. I get that. At least with Vince Velasquez, you know, there was there was a little bit of something there throughout his career. Yeah, and it ultimately got moved to the bullpen as a failed starter. Yeah, and, you know, I pulled up the uh, the statistics here. It looks like I only put, I only really put last year's statistics on there. Um I just feel like there I'm was... Not, I'm not saying that I don't think there's something in Vince Velasquez because there very well could be. I haven't dug into him all that much. Like, to actually, like, go back and watch some film or whatever, you know, on, on some of his pitches and looking at the life on his pitches and all that good stuff. Yeah. But <clears throat> I, I don't think him and... Or I think him and uh, Thompson are kind of comparable. Yeah, I mean, he's never had a season in the threes, ERA-wise. He's had a 4-12 is his lowest season, and really it's not much closer. His rookie season in Houston was a short sample, 55-inning things. that was 437, but I mean, he's a 23-year-old. Mm-hmm. Zach Thompson certainly was very late to the game. He was a big part of a trade um, coming from Houston into Philadelphia, in the, uh, I can't remember the really, well, let me scroll down here. Ken Giles deal, if you remember that. And so there was a lot of like, oh, he was the feature of that trade. And it never, 
never really. I mean, he's made 30 starts before. You know what I'm saying? He's made 24, 30, 23 starts, 21 starts. But they haven't necessarily been good. They haven't been good, period. Like, none of these seasons are good seasons. The upside, I guess, is supposed to be there, but I, I would probably I would probably concede that argument. Are you talking about Velasquez right now? Or yeah, I'm Thompson? talking about Velasquez. That's what I'm saying. I would probably concede that argument. I I was under the assumption that there may have been a season or two that was actually better than you know anything. I mean, Zach Thompson, it was just a short sample, but it was there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The it was there. And it was a 3.24 ERA in 75 innings. It's only 14 starts, still 26 games. But I mean, last year's 5.18, just not. I don't know. There is a there. I would concede that. I I, I definitely wouldn't argue with you. I mean, there's the difference is is that Vince Velasquez makes it to the major leagues at 23 years old, and Zach Thompson makes it there by the time he's 27. So. That that does kind of speak to the upside of that thing, but I would still concede that argument. I, I I don't have a leg to stand on. For me to say Vincent Velasquez can be better than Zach Thompson, I don't have a leg to stand on to say that. I, I think I think that he can be, but I don't have an argument for it. You know what I mean? So you, I mean I mean you definitely can say you can you think that he could be better than Zach Thompson for the Pirates. Zach Thompson doesn't have a pitch that I'm like, yeah, that's the one that you need to get in there. Right, Velasquez has more velocity. He's got uh, he's got plus pitches that he I don't whatever his deal is. And I I feel like I looked into this at one point and I didn't expect to talk about him tonight, so I wasn't thinking about it. But if you can tap that potential, I think there's more there than just depending on the fact that Zach Thompson, if he if he executes his pitches well and he has good control, that he can work out as a good ground ball pitcher or something it's it, for me it's there's there's just a lot there to 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 go right and when you don't have that stuff and maybe that's the same thing from Velasquez either way it's a guy that's getting pushed out by Oviedo or Ortiz or one of these other guys sure you yeah. know what i mean and mm-hmm. so but i just think that they, they paid him 3 million dollars they're going to do this for uh, he's not getting moved until yeah, June. I, yeah no i i agree yeah and maybe he just gets moved to the bullpen. Yeah. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe they've said, we'll give you... I'd be surprised if he's not there. If, like I said, it's going to be late June, and it's got to be bad in mm-hmm. order for him to get moved. And I think the team also has to be doing well. You know what I mean? Yeah. If the team's mm-hmm. not doing well, they might say, who cares? We're going to save these arms and wait for injuries to make this move. Yeah, but I, I don't... I don't know if that'd be the right move. I, I think <laughs> say I get it. I get what you're saying. I get Wait what you're saying. Minute. Save the arm. But I think I think the right move is to gain experience for these young guys. Wait a minute though. Well, I, I guess the reason I'm laughing is because you expect the right move to be made. <laughs> <laughs> the right move doesn't necessarily come into play here when I'm saying what I think is gonna happen. Touche. <laughs> If, we'll we'll talk in June about what the right move is. <laughs> Me, we will not let that go, but we will also talk about what move is actually being made. Yeah. <laughs> or absolutely. not being made, rather. Yeah. So, you know, the right move was never signing Yoshi again. And we did it anyway. 
the right move was not getting Josh Van Meter. And we got Josh Van Meter. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's beside the point. Uh, so I will segue that. Or you know what? Let's just take a break, and we've got a couple other things to talk about. Let's talk about what's next for this team. Let's talk about you know where we go from here, and it's it's quiet, and and you know how quiet it's going to be, and also like I said, the inevitable. We're going to have to say a few things about Brian Reynolds and and the rumors there. Eventually, like I said, this is going away because either something's going to happen. Well, no, something has to happen in order for us to stop talking about it. Let's take a break. And we'll get right back to it. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Audio podcast available on your favorite podcast platform. Video podcast available on YouTube. Follow us on the socials and subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, take a couple minutes for a review. We'll be right back. And we're back here on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. We've been talking about Zach Thompson and, and the depth and the pitching and all of that stuff. And I think that it doesn't stop there when we talk about what's next. Depth continues to be a thing. And one of those things that you in particular, before we got started, said, we got to do something. And I had mentioned, um, I had mentioned before that, you know, at some point, some move uh, would be made on the 60-day injured list for a catcher for Tyler Heineman to be put on the 40-man. So let's talk about the catcher and, and what needs to be done and what needs to be done. I know that you brought this up, so I'm, I'm going to let you kind of tee off here. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like at some point we got to add another catcher and it's got to be somebody like somewhat decent and there's 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 a few still out there that are on the free agent market i don't i, I honestly like i know I, I said this when i first started I, said, I don't even care if it's gary sanchez i don't but we we have to get somebody in the organization that's going to block heineman you would have to believe at this point roberto perez has played some winter ball mm -hmm. um do we actually have that let me see if there's actually numbers on that there is and i looked it up Started looking it up last week, and then I just didn't look anymore. So, into it. okay. So the thing is, I'm pulling it up now, so you're fine. I know he's not doing well, but I think he's playing. Uh, so he's played in ten games so far. I think he has thirty plate appearances. Week. It doesn't matter how he's done. No, I, honestly, doesn't. the production does not matter. What what the Pirates are all. looking for is their health. Mm -hmm. Ten games. I don't know if he's just like getting into games. I mean, it's been a while, right? So. You would think he would get eased into games. They want to see how the health is. Do you think, oh, yeah, that's still, that there's still, um, the word has left me. They're still looking Injury, at, lingering. No, yeah. they're like, are they still just looking at Concerned. that? Concerned. No, I wouldn't even, I wasn't even thinking of that. Like, is it still a, they're looking at it is literally the word. They're watching this happen. I can't believe sure. that, like, words Observing. are Observing. Yeah. That's probably the word I was looking for. <laughs> Are they still just watching to see, is he healthy? Are they allowing this to play out? Or is there concerns? Has the fact that it's not happened yet mean, well, we're still waiting on Perez. So we're not going to jump the gun over here. When we told Perez, we would wait and see how the health goes for him. If they've previously had a discussion and said, we're going to do this, 
is that what they're waiting on? Right. If so, maybe that's a bit of a gamble. I, you know, when I look at the free agent list, I mean, right now, you know that they got Heineman on a minor league deal. He's invited to spring training. When you look at the list, there's not like you're not going to bring in Gary Sanchez and say, we're going to bring you in here. We still might sign Roberto Perez and all are going to battle for those two spots. I don't think Gary Sanchez signs that. Right. I don't think Jorge Alfaro signs that. Sandy Leone. I, none of these guys are going to really sign up to compete for a spot on your, maybe compete for a starting role, but not to compete for a spot. This isn't going to be, right. we're going to just going to invite you to spring. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not signing you to a major league deal. That's a minor league contract with an invite to spring training. And I don't think that's what Roberto Perez is expecting either. Any no. of these guys that sign are going to say, no, you sign me to a major league deal. And if you want to cut me, you're still going to pay me. Right. That's one thing, right? Yeah. They're not going to sign up for that. And As so and I wouldn't expect them to. No. And so I guess my only thing is is maybe that's what they're waiting on. It doesn't change what you're bringing up. I feel like something needs to happen. Because sooner or later and and you bring up Gary Sanchez and I brought up Jorge Alfaro right there because he's the guy that I would target in this. Either way, you're going to have to come up with something. If it's Roberto Perez, it's Roberto Perez and you need to make it happen or you need to say, we got a timeline on this and then I would be reaching out and maybe they are. We don't know what they're doing and what they're not doing. Right. Reaching out to to the guys that you and I are suggesting or somebody else. There's there's not a big list here. We got Luis Torrens, Sandy Leone, Kevin Plowecki, and Robinson Torinos who's 39 years old. So maybe that's yeah, maybe yeah, that's he, where they'll go i mean <laughs> we, we've got santana and rich hill i mean let's just go we're the youngest and the oldest in the league at this point um just balancing out that balancing age, you know out I mean? yep no i mean i'd be fine i'd i'd be okay if they signed sanchez or or all these are ors obviously sure. yeah sanchez perez leon alfaro i'd be fine with any of them yeah any of those four are going to block Heinemann. And that's the goal, right? Because you yeah. want to say there's some sort of improvement yeah. that's made. And so are they letting this thing go to spring so that they can put a guy on the 60-day injured list so that they can open up that spot? You know what I mean? Right. Something like yeah. that. Is there a situation like that? And I still don't know. And if any of the listeners know, and I'll probably look this up after we record, I'm just not going to pause it and record about Max Kranich and his status and whether or not that's a guy that gets added to that list or not. Um, I think I remember Colin Holderman is going to be healthy, but I, maybe he's another candidate to be added to that list. I think when I look down through, everyone else should be healthy. Those were the those were my only two question marks because they both ended the season on the injured list, right? So I don't know. Uh, didn't De Los Santos end the year on the injured list? That's possible too, but I thought I I thought I had heard that. So he's another guy, right? I thought I'd heard that he was he was going to be fine. So maybe that's another arm that is possibly on the injured list at the start. Um, I, hot take there. I think De Los Santos doesn't start the year on the on the roster. I think they slow he roll doesn't. that one too. Be, I, I think he doesn't. I think they slow roll that one too because of the injury, and because I think that there's enough guys here that they could put a a bullpen together without him. And I think that he comes up a little bit later. That's maybe it's not so hot. Maybe everybody listening says, yeah, 
I think so too. Maybe not. I don't know. You just brought in two lefties. Jose Hernandez has to be on the roster. You got Harleen Garcia. So you've got your two lefties. And then you've got, so that's, let me see. We got to have 13, right? So that's five. That's seven. So we're at seven. Yeah. And you've got uh, Will Crow, Chase DeYoung. Um, I'm going down through. Stevenson and Underwood. And there's only spot. There's only two more spots after that. So Johan Ramirez, Johan Oviedo, Dowry Moretta, which I think he'll start down as well. You haven't even named Bednar yet. Oh, Bednar, right. Thanks. So there's only one spot available in that case. And that's between um, Colin Holderman, Dowry Moretta, Johan Oviedo. You don't have a long man in that, so Johan Oviedo could be that to be a long man unless, unless you're considering Will Crow, which hopefully you're considering Will Crow as your long man. Yeah. Or 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 even Dwayne Underwood. I, to be honest, I think that's where they're they're best used. But like Colin Holderman, Johan Ramirez, like there's guys right that you could put in that outside of Yuri De Los Santos, which is why I think they slow roll him and and get him yeah. back. So I you know yeah I could see that happening. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, thanks for that. But I actually was where I was scrolled. Bednar was off the screen, and Brubaker was my top guy. So I was, <laughs> I just was looking down through and didn't see him. Um, but yeah, so I, to me, it's it's got to be. There's got to be a resolution somewhere. You've got to get a catcher in every other aspect this offseason, In most other aspects this offseason that you said first base, you said I'm fixing first base. You went out and you got major league first baseman. Mm-hmm. And then pitching, you said we're going to sign two starting pitchers. They literally signed two starting pitchers, right? And I and sure they didn't sign Verlander, but the point is, is they went out and they said these are the guys that we got. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. And so I'm not saying like yeah they did what they could so we could compete. No, but they did make improvements in every position that they tried to improve. Yeah. And catcher is the last one. You got Austin Hedges, but that's a mixed bag. I don't hate it. I like it. Right. I think that he provides value, especially for the pitching staff. But at some point, we've got to also help <laughs> the catching spot out at the plate. Right. Not just yep. behind it. So I think there needs... And maybe none of these guys do that. Maybe Roberto Perez doesn't do that. Maybe Jorge Alfaro doesn't do that. Either way, we know catching is weak right now. But we also know that Andy and Henry are not far. Right. I think that we will see Andy this year. Now, I say think because as I say about all this stuff, we can we can project and we can say this guy is this. And that. Execution has to happen. So if Andy plays and he continues to execute, then we'll see him this summer. I don't know if we will Henry Davis, even if he's good. I'm not convinced. If we've got guys there and he's not on the 40 man, there's no reason for them to necessarily push him. Right. I, to be honest with you, if they feel yeah, like I defense mean, can... has work, what if they end up moving him to first base? Yeah. Then that means there's more time that they'll keep him down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got any thoughts on that? Just quick, not to go deep into it. I mean, it? They, they they easily. I mean, they they could. They don't have any reason to add him if the guys at the major level are getting the job done, and we're not competing, or we're not competing. I guess not. And but then he could just break camp from you know opening day <laughs> next year, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah, I get the idea. I think if he's if, ready. If but we, he's but ready. We don't need to. So he's you know. been injured. I just I still think there's something he's got to prove there. I still think there's something he has to prove there in order to say I, I'm the guy. I think mm-hmm. he'll hit. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I I just think right now there's I just don't know what this catching position is going to look like down the road. And I'm not even like I'm not I'm not going to go down that road in this conversation. All I'm saying is I'm not sure. And I'm allow, I'm allowing this thing to play out a little bit because I, I don't really know. I'm not right. watching these guys catch. I, I can look at their their stat sheet and see that they got good hitting numbers, but like I you know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah, still something absolutely. to be proven there. And can't and, see the intangibles. No, and you also can't and that and that's part of it too, because I could even say, like, well, the catching numbers aren't good either. But like, but if he's great with a staff, like, is there some give and take there? If they end up going to a right. robo umpire, what's it matter how good he catches? Right. I don't care about framing anymore if they have fake umpires. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he can throw and he can hit and he can block, that's literally it. Yeah. And we know he can throw and we assume he can hit. Throwing doesn't change what level you're at. <laughs> you can either throw <laughs> right. or you can't. You know what I'm saying? Right. Blocking probably doesn't even change what level you're at literally hitting is you know depending on the the people against you but anyway i yeah we don't know what the catching position looks like and i think a lot of people are dead set on the fact that like andy will show up at some point this year but like i just don't know he's barely been in triple a they've made this precedence before we understand the window is what the window is and and as i go into this next topic i think this is going to play and I'll go ahead and start it off because we, we, we only have about a little more than 10 minutes left, right? And if we're going to stick to our hour instead of, you know, rambling. Did you have anything left on the catcher before I segue here? No, nah, you're good. No, we're good. Okay. If Brian Reynolds gets traded, the timeline changes for the Pirates. I don't think there's any way around it. If you think that the Pirates are going to start competing... Now, I'm not saying like playoffs necessarily, but the fact is, is they should be better, like significantly better in 2024, playing around with that 500 mark, which coincidentally somewhat gets you towards with the extra playoff team, but not even talking about that, showing real signs of being Mm -hmm. a better baseball team and a competitive baseball team. And there's been a couple extra monies spent, (laughs) you know, if Brian Reynolds is dealt, I don't see that team. I see pieces of it, but that is a huge hole. It is. That it's you have to hole. fill. Yep. And the problem is, is the rumors are that they're looking for a starting pitcher. That's not going to yeah. help this outfield with a lot of question marks in it. I love Jack Swinski. I root for him to do good. He's got a lot to prove. Oh, yeah, for sure. He is, for me, a third or fourth outfielder Right now, if he can put some power numbers together, I like him as a third outfielder or fourth outfielder because I like putting that power in there. I believe the power is real. Yeah. But the rest of it has to, and he's good defensively. So I have no problem putting him in a game. Right. But there's still something left to to be proven, right? I could see Mm -hmm. this guy going down a path of like a Jock Peterson. But, but there has to be improvement in the on, like Jock Peterson gets on base. You know what I'm saying? And so like mm-hmm. there there's there's part of it there that still needs to happen. 
as far as that goes. And Jock Peterson has his faults, which is why I say I kind of see that. You know, the lefty is a little bit of a struggle. The 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 strikeouts maybe get out of hand, and the and the average is down. But Peterson still gets on base, and so I think there's there's that. And I could see Sawinski end up being that player, which is maybe not your cornerstone player, but a great player to have on your team. Mm-hmm. You still need two other guys, and right now Brian Reynolds is another one. And all we're doing as a Pirate fan and as an organization is saying. Who takes that last spot? Because we don't have someone for it. And we're looking for someone. There's someone out there we could sign. And his name is Andrew McCutcheon. I've said it two weeks in a row now. And we're not going to harp on this and talk about it for five minutes. But we're both on the same page. (laughs) Just do it. Stop. There's a lot of question marks. That makes the team better. If he ends up being a fourth outfielder, if he DHs a lot. But he could play left or right field. Yeah. And be home and give us a win. Yep. As you said, I think you said, if if Reynolds gets traded, they have to do it. Yeah. But I say they can do it even before. But either way, if they don't, that's fine. If they don't see a path, if they like what they have, I understand. Whatever. They're not going to just make that move. But if the trade happens, this timeline changes for me. Because they're not getting an outfielder in return, according to what the rumors are. Unless right. they get a major league ready outfielder and it's not Jared Kellenick, he's not ready. <laughs> he's another Jack well, Sawinski. Yeah, he's another Jack Sawinski to me. He's a Miguel Andujar. He's just a guy who could possibly prove. That's what he is to me. Yeah. I just don't I don't see that. You're you're getting rid of Kanan Smith and Jigma or Cal Mitchell or or whatever if you bring him in. Because he's all he's the same as all those guys. It's just another left-handed bat that has potential to do something more. Yeah, and I I don't like that either. I wouldn't like that move either. But it's still, as far as the timeline goes, it it really does 100% depend on the return that you would get for Reynolds. Because you're going to get a top of the, I don't want to say upper half of the rotation starter. No, no, if they trade him now, it's ace. Yeah, they were looking for an ace. Yeah. But I, I'm not sure that there's an ace out there that anybody has that are they're willing to part ways with. Right. It'd be the Dodgers, is, right? In my in my opinion, you just keep a hold of him. Right. You just don't trade him. Hundred percent. I but, could trade him for a number two next year. Yeah. But the, the the I mean the Marlins have a ton of pitching down there and they've they've already made the claim that hey, we're willing to get part ways with one of the four one of four of our starting pitchers who are starting in the major leagues already. That being like Pablo Sanchez, um, Edward Cabrera, Trevor Rogers, and Jesus Lazardo. Is it Pablo Sanchez? I don't think so, but that's what you have on the notes. <laughs> so that's what I read. It's Pablo Lopez. It's Pablo Lopez. It's Pablo Lopez. Excelente. Señor Pelota. Adios, Señor Pelota. Yeah, I if you guys know notes. backyard baseball, I wrote <laughs> Pablo Sanchez down. I love. Wait, hold on a second. We got this. We got this. Because we have to, right? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with this move. Yeah, this is here. There's Pablo <laughs> Sanchez for everybody watching the YouTube. My hero, Pablo Sanchez. I absolutely love this. I love the backwards hat one. Yeah. That's the one I should have had open from the very beginning. Excellent. <laughs> Used him all the time. Every, everybody did. But but yeah, I mean I mean, so you, those four guys are have been made available, and they're all four 
good, good starting pitchers. I, I don't see any of them being an ace. No. And that's the thing. What do we have right now? We've got a list of guys whose ceilings, unless, unless something changes in their project in their trajectory goes up, which is certainly possible. But what you have is a list of guys. If everything goes right, I could see Keller. Um, yeah. And I'm already going to blank. I could see Keller, um, uh, Roanzi, and then Priester Burroughs, and then someone else from that list, whether it's Oviedo, whether it's Ortiz, which I would think it's Ortiz from what I saw last year. I'm really high on him right now. It could be Bolton. It could be one of these other guys could step up and we could say, we've got a good rotation here. None of them are an ace. Right. Which but we I, have I think, five. I think, you're selling, I think you're selling Priester a little short though, because I do believe they think that he's an ace type guy. Yes, and there are some people who don't. Yeah. So mixed reviews. On there, that, are, there's a little bit of. But what I'm saying is, it, unless something changes right now, I mean, unless something changes and his stock starts skyrocketing, right? And it could. I see what you're saying, but he's he's 22 now. Um, he'll probably find his way to this team this year if there's a if there's a path. They'll add him and he'll find his way. Mm-hmm. But if he does, it's not till late. But either way, what I'm saying is, he, let's say he's he's on my list as as one of those like number two guys. And if I see him who I project as a number two guy, along with Keller, along with Contreras. And then I've got Burroughs as like a number three guy. And Ortiz, to me, is a wild card. Um, he's exciting to me, but I just don't know yet. Right? <laughs> I just I have to say, I'm excited and I like what I see. But what I'm saying is, is if that's your guys, right? Or if it ends up being somebody else. But if that's your guys, then this is a rotation full of twos and threes. Without a JT Brubaker, who I kind of say is like a, you know, a four, probably five kind of pitcher. That's a good rotation full of good pitchers. You just don't have that ace, which if I want to take a flashback to our three playoff seasons in a row, that's what we were. We didn't have Mm -hmm. it. Garrett Cole pitched like an ace for one of those seasons. And we obviously know that Garrett Cole is an ace. And we always knew he was going to be. Right. But A.J. Burnett at that point was not. Francisco Liriano was not. He may may have been our aces, but when you look around the league and say, what's an ace? You can still be really good with a team full of twos and threes. And I'm not even sure that we were five deep in those years of actual like twos and threes. Like Jeff Locke was never a two. No. You know what I mean? And even when he was really good, you kind of always knew he was playing at his absolute best. Yeah. And I think Charlie Morton during that time, I mean, he's really playing as a three. And so like, yeah, we were close, but we weren't, but we didn't have that guy. There was a question who was going to start some of those games. When you have an ace, there's no question. No. It's Kershaw. It's DeGrom. It's Verlander. It's Scherzer. And yes, there are teams that have two aces because <laughs> we're talking <laughs> about caliber. We're not talking about yeah. actually who's my number one. Right. So I'm sorry. This is a long way to get to one point. I think sometimes if you just get a bat, 
wouldn't you rather go with five number twos or threes than have that ace and be missing the offense? Jacob DeGrom will tell you yes, because yep. what good was it to have DeGrom for those years that he was phenomenal and got no run support? Right. And 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 King Felix won a Cy Young and won, what, 10 games? 11 well, games? The, yeah, and, and DeGrom's was worse than that. So the thing is, it's like only won eight games. Yeah. And I'm not saying that if things work out, I'm not saying we're going to be maybe that bad, but like we could. And I just don't know that. And and maybe I'm off base here. I mean, you're a pitching guy. Maybe I'm off base here. Maybe the ace is that important. But if it is, how far away is he? You know what I mean? Right. We're not we're not getting Sandy Alcantara showing up here tomorrow because we traded no. Brian Reynolds like that's not going to happen. We're not trading away Mike Trout. Right. We're trading away Brian Reynolds. Which um that's not a knock on Brian Reynolds, right? To say well, Mike Trout. For sure. Right. I just I, I just wonder if, you know, an outfielder isn't a better move for, for our needs. Or or a first baseman, Tristan Casas. I mean, I once again, you just don't know. You don't know if those right. guys work out too. So what's it matter? The thing about trading a, a proven veteran or proven major league player in his case, not really a veteran, um, and, and getting a prospect in return is you're getting a little bit of a lottery ticket no matter which way about it. But at the same time, is not every player a lot? I mean, like, we've watched bad contracts happen. Mm-hmm. Robinson Cano did not work out. Right. Chris Davis did not work out, and that was an extension. Right. So no matter what you do, it's a lottery ticket. Baseball's hard. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot going on in my head with this. That I'm like, I just think you need to get a big return. I don't know yeah, that it has to be specific. It, but if it's another number two or number three starter, I think what's the point? Get a bat. That's I guess that's where I'm at. And I think that's where the Pirates are at when it comes to pitching. If it's not a number one guy, then what am I going to do with the, my all my twos and threes that I've got waiting? Right. You better be trading them for an outfielder. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. And but now you lose deck. But now you lose depth. So there, there's just which a lot. Which we've already talked about. Which we've already talked about. So there's a lot there. And the last thing I want to say here, we're, we're at time here. Um, the last thing I want to say is the, the report came out with John Heyman. This is, the, this is the conversation that everybody's having this week. The report clearly says over $75 million. And I love all the talking baseball and the John Boy stuff. Like, I pay attention to that stuff. I watch those those podcasts. Um, the Chris Rose stuff is great. I love all the stuff he's doing. I was a big intentional talk fan. So naturally I just migrated with him. And so there's a lot of good things and and it's fine. They're Yankees fans. They overlooked a word and they just flat out said six or 75 million is what they offered him. That's not how it worked. The problem with it was, is even though that, that their stuff, you know, they pay attention. So even though their stuff a lot of times is accurate, check it out. Just check it out. Just read the article. The New York, I read that article. I don't pay for the New York Post. I read the article. It said over. It also said that Reynolds Camp was looking at the Olsen deal, which is eight years, 168. We know from a previous report that they were 50 million apart. Just do some figuring in your head. 75 and 168 are not 50 million apart. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> somewhere there had to be moves. Now Reynolds camp did say we weren't quite as high as, as Olson. So they weren't at 168. Does that mean they were at 167 
we didn't do that, right? We didn't say he right. wants 168 because it says in there they were a little bit lower than that. So if they're a little bit lower than that and we're over what they said, we here's how this happens. Yeah, we offered him some, you know, we offered him some things. It was around six years and oh, he wants eight years. I figured that out from conversation, right? And then somebody says, was it 75? And they said, no, it was more than that. So they wrote over 75 because that's all they have. Right. And then that conversation turns into they offered him 75. If you want to say they offered him six years, 76 million because you're a pessimist and that's what you think, I won't argue you there. I'll say you're probably off, but because there's no way that Brian Reynolds camp came in at, at 120. Right. I, that's not 168. That's not a comparison to 168 to me, which is why I tweeted out. And my guess is it was somewhere around hundred million, somewhere around 150, give or take 10, one way or the other. The difference is Reynolds. The big thing that we should have been paying attention to is Reynolds quoted a contract that had an eight in there. And the pirates had a contract offer that had a six in there. They're two years off. And when you say that, if you tell me that there's two years tacked on to the offer that Reynolds wants that's different than the Pirates offer, they wanted two years, $25 million each, then I'm a little bit nervous about paying Reynolds $25 million for his age 35 and 36 seasons as well. I'm not going to defend the Pirates here. I think that they probably should just offer him the money. Whatever he's asking for to go through age 36, just give it to him. Yeah. Front load it. You can do whatever you want with it. You Yes, you front load it for sure. I don't care about that, though. What I care about is if your window is going to be 24 and beyond, Reynolds has to be a part of that team. I think, I Reynolds, under, I think understand, Reynolds wants to be a part of that team. I understand. Yes, I think so, too. I understand. I think Reynolds wants to know where he's going to be. I think that's I, yeah, his I think, thing. Yeah. I think that's why he wants eight years, and that's why when he felt like he wasn't going to get eight years, forget the total money. When he wasn't going to get eight years, he said, trade me so I can go somewhere where I can get the eight years. Yeah, eight years. My kids are young. I want to put my, I want to take my boots off somewhere and leave them there. And I want to know that that's where I'm going to be for my career. I don't want to be moving around. He, he's probably, he doesn't seem like a guy who really wants to go to free agency and play that game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think yeah. he wants to know. And that's fine. I, I just, I don't know. The, the, I just, give him the eight years, figure something out, give him the eight years yep. so that your window doesn't change. And I know that there's a no trade clause going to be thrown in there. If that's what he wants, there's going to be a no trade clause in there, right? You're not going to trade yeah. him. So you're going right. to have to pay him through the whole thing. I'm going to tell you right now, by the time he's 35 and 36, baseball will be different. Your revenue will be different. You will be able to afford 20 to 25 million in those two years at that time. Yeah. The same as you're able to afford 10 million right now. 15 million right now. You'll be able to afford that. Nothing happens where it goes down. It's right. going to continue to go up. Sorry. I it was, it was more than 75 and get it done. Get it done. Yes. He re he requested a trade. Yes. But I guarantee you, I, I guess I can't guarantee you. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would venture to say that if you went back and said, you know what? We got your terms here. We're going to figure it out because we want you. You tell him he's not going to just change his mind. Apparently he changed. He wanted to be in Pittsburgh and then right. he said, trade me. So he's changed his mind once. He'll change it again. All you got to do is get to eight years Yep. and be close with the money. <sighs> Inhale, exhale <laughs> over 75 million guys. Just read and it all goes away. And if you want to say 76, I won't have a problem with it. I'll think you're wrong, but I won't have a problem with it. 
The fact is, is when you show up with a lie, <laughs> I mean, uh, misunderstanding, whatever you want to call it, a non-truth, then I can't give benefit of the doubt. Right. So uh, I'll stop there. I, I don't like to, you know, confrontation's not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I couldn't go without saying it. We have to, we have to go uh, one step further and we have to read, especially as pirate fans, because people will take opportunities to meme the pirates because that's the thing to do right now. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what this culture does right now is they take opportunities when they're there to meme it. And the pirates right now are a target. We're not the only target. There's other targets, but that's a target and they're going to take it any yep. chance they get. And I'm not saying that's what John Boy was doing at all, but other people, they are. It, it, and it's just, I know we're going over. I, I need to stop. The Braves are smart when they do it. The Pirates are a laughing stock when they, when they offer it, but they didn't offer it. They offered more than that. Murphy just got six years, 73, and everybody said, how are they so smart? I, I, Ronald Acuna is making, what, $17 million for his most in, in the terms of his contract? Yeah, something like that. They're smart. Whatever. And I'm not even going to disagree with it, that the fact that they're smart. That's not my argument. My no. argument it is, is that, you're, that you say they're smart while saying the Pirates are cheap for, for offering the same amount of money that Sean Murphy just got. I think Reynolds is a better player than Sean Murphy. He's, Sean Murphy's best war season is 3.5. He just had it. Reynolds has had two seasons higher than that, including one that was a 6.0. So Reynolds is clearly... Some people will say catcher's more important. That's fine. Reynolds is better. He's more productive. Right. So certainly the, the price goes up. And when you look at the numbers between him and Matt Olson, Matt Olson had another year and he's got more pop, has had more pop throughout his career. So, but admittedly saying they, they were below that. Hey guys, this is episode 100. <laughs> Yay. So thanks for listening. If you guys are listening and you, you, you keep hitting play on this thing, I appreciate that. Jake appreciates that. Absolutely. And you know what I mean? In this world of, of putting your thoughts out on the internet, uh, a lot of people do that. And when things aren't, uh, when you don't see some sort of response, you end up stop, you, you end up stopping to share your opinions and your thoughts on the internet. And, you know, for, for those of you who keep coming back and hitting play and for, for those that are just now coming and hitting play and, and my goodness have made it to this point in the episode, like this is why we continue to do this and we continue to enjoy sharing our discussions. So we don't know, you know, more than most of you guys. So the fact that you guys keep, you know, talking back to us and, um, and, and hanging out with us here on the show, we appreciate it. Um, it's kind of cool. Episode 100. I've wanted to do a podcast for four years before I ever hit record. Um, and so for me to actually get there and do that and for you guys to to pay attention to it, that's a really cool thing and I appreciate it. So episode 100. I don't know why, like the milestones do kind of feel cool, right? Yeah, for sure. Especially coming into this one saying like, this is our episode 100 and I don't know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> it was I, a struggle to hit what the heck is tonight. going on you know what i mean i told somebody yeah. la i told somebody a few days ago um you know last year's off season we had it was our first off season and we had the lockout we never had a shortage of things to talk about right or at least a short we never had a shortage of things to complain about 
<laughs> Even when there wasn't news, we sure could complain about there not being any news. Right, yeah. And so, you know, sometimes this stuff, we, we end up repeating things that we've already talked about on a previous episode, and maybe there's new information, maybe there's not, but either way, appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, appreciate all you guys. So uh, next week, you know what? Arbitration numbers need to be submitted this week. Mm -hmm. So we didn't actually talk about that, but there you go. Or yeah, there you go with, with Underwood and, and um, Stevenson. There were two of those guys and others, but you know, we just talked about those two. So next week we'll react to that. If that information is out there on what kind of arbitration numbers exist and things like that. Or if anybody avoided arbitration by signing that one year deal, which um, hopefully we've got some news next week that there's yeah. some arbitration guys that are avoiding, uh, I'm sorry, there are guys avoiding arbitration. So do you have anything else here before we close it out? No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, let's go bucks. Let's go bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks! <laughs>